Limov Finland, October 1944, the continuation war between the Soviet Union and Finland ended with a truce on September 4, 1944. The conditions sent by the Russians required that the 220,000 men of the German 20th Mountain Army be driven out of northern Finland. There was virtually no combat between the former comrades in arms in September, so the Russians started to put pressure on the Finns to start real combat operations. During the first week of October, the Lapland War began in earnest. The Finnish Armored Division was ordered to take the important city of Rovaniemi. After a few inconclusive skirmishes, JP-5 encountered the German positions near Lake Portimo. Three Jakari battalions were sent to outflank the German positions occupied by the 218th Geberjäger Regiment. Meanwhile, JP-5 was to conduct a holding action against the German line and to capture an important road bridge. The first attack was unsuccessful. For the next attack, five Sultkas were ordered to provide support. After the cover offered by the woods ended, scouts went forward, crawling between hummocks. On the other side of the marsh, they could see the German positions, which were reinforced with rocks. They stopped by Jakari's entrenched in the marsh. And the scouts asked if the Germans had any anti-tank guns. The Germans stated that they did not have any. All the Jakaris seemed to be wet and tired. Some left shaking hands with the tank men and thanked them for their help. The scouts stared at the opening until they knew every feature of the area. When they returned to their tanks, the order of company forward was given. The German Jaegers had become the hunted. Welcome everybody. We're going to play a little ASL Extra episode here. Where Dave Timonen is coming over to play his beloved Finns. And we're going to play Hunters at Lima. Which is hoping to be in the new Hakapale game, Hakapela. And uh, Dave's Finns will be attacking Dave Kleinschmidt's Germans on the defense in Finland as part of the Lapland War. And so uh, here's where I'm looking at the board and going to think about setting up my defense. Taking a look at the German order of battle, I have. Ten five four eights. This is the Geborg's Jager Regiment. I have two 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 eight crews, a nine neg one leader, an eight oh leader, a seven oh leader, a radio, three light machine guns, one medium machine gun, two fifty L anti tank guns, the pack thirty eights, and eight Sangars. That's the rocks referred to in the uh, introduction there. The radio represents 105 millimeter OBA, high explosives only. The first battery access draw for this module is automatically black. Remove one black chit from the German OBA pile. That's special rule two. Special rule one is that the environmental conditions are wet with no wind. The mud rules are in effect. Exception for the road, 37A5, H4P5, X5 is treated as if paved. Grain hexes are treated as brush. All buildings are treated as huts. Entrenchment is non-applicable. I guess there were huts out there in this part of Finland. The Finns will be attacking with 12, 648 first-line squads, 6, 538 green squads, 1, 9-neg-1 leader, a 9-0 leader, an 8-0 leader, 1 heavy machine gun that's Russian, 1 medium machine gun that is Russian, Two light machine guns that are the LS, that's the Lat V, Lata something, Sorolante, 
the Finn machine guns, we'll call them, and the three Russian light machine guns also. And there is some armor support here. Consisting of two uh, Soviet, well, they're the Finnish captured, I guess, or on loan from the Soviets, the Finnish 85L T-34-85s, and then two of the T-34-76s L designation. They have 16 movement factors, and then there's one T-34-76 um, with 17 movement factors and the red movement point numbers, so... The Finns nicknamed the T-34-76 tanks as Sotka after a Finnish waterbird, and they had captured their first T-34 in October of 41. It'll be important for the Finn to keep in mind their national capabilities. They can deploy on a one-task check or recombine. They can self-rally. They have no cowering except for their conscript multi-man counters, which cannot self-rally or uh, they, they do cower. Their elite and first line are stealthy. They're ski trained, which won't make a difference here. In this scenario tonight, their leader creation is not applicable for Finns. They have that unique Finnish leader structure. Um, they do have Panzerfaust's ability because the Germans were pumping them in Panzerfaust, but uh, this scenario takes place in October of 44. An elite and first line have it after June of 44 by a special scenario rule. Otherwise, after uh, 744 or se uh, July 44 and after, the Panzerfausts are inherent. The range is one, though, and they may use a Panzer Shrek, but they don't have them in this one. And the Germans have no tanks anyway and not a lot of hard cover, so that shouldn't matter much. There's no captured penalties for Russian machine guns after 1940 and, or in 40 and after. In the snow or mud, the Latas or whatever light machine gun has a breakdown number of 10. And there is mud here, so that will make a difference. Now, Dave and I had played this one before, and he had won it on the last turn by just exiting enough tanks off. My Germans were shifting over to cover, I believe, the left side of uh, the board, like 35, and he just snuck the tanks off. My Panzerfausts missed ones I had, I either didn't get them or they missed, and Dave was allowed to exit to points barely enough to win at right at the end game, so I think this is pretty balanced, at least from that plane. This time I'm going to have to try and remember to keep a reserve force or uh, in the middle or some more forces toward the middle instead of hugging over there to the right. We should take a look at the mud rules also here. And Bog works like this, according to rule D. 8.23, we need to look at this mud here and, and bogging. If the fin moves a tank not on a paved road, I would roll a bog check. That would be the normal two dice, and you put a third dice in there, and that's the secret die. And then I roll all three on the side. Dave doesn't see it. If I roll a bog, then the third dice is the number of hexes and that he bogs in. So if I roll a three on this extra dice and he moves into the third hex off the paved road, I declare him bogged there. Movement point expenditure doesn't matter. It's just um, the number of hexes that he moves through. In the mud, high explosives. We do have the LBA and the tank shooting things, so plus one. Uh, get a train effect modifier plus one and open ground. Residual fire from a 
during in the mud from high explosives is one column down. There's a movement modifier in mud. All ground units expend an extra half movement factor or a vehicle one full movement point in addition for each open ground hex side. Entrenching, there's a plus one dial modifier to all entrenching attempts. Open ground for purposes of mud. Open ground includes all unpaved or unplowed roads, gullies, dry streams, plowed fields, otherwise open ground hexes, including shell holes and trenches, regardless of line of sight hindrances. Hexite training effect modifiers, entrenchments, or height. So according to that definition, um, there's not a lot of open ground here. The brush, the orchard, the woods would prevent that. So shouldn't be a huge problem, but at some point he's probably going to want to get those tanks off that road, so watch for those checks. And there's really only two sections of huts on this board, so I'm not going to bother looking up the hut rules right now. I know you can draw a line of sight between the building depictions of the huts. Uh, you can check their terrific modifier off the chart. I think it's a plus one, but I'm not going to worry about that. Instead, let's take a look at the Sangar rules. Sangar is treated like a one-squad foxhole for the most part. Here's an interesting thing about it. Well, it can also carry a gun. If it has a gun in it, it can only have a half-squad or a crew with it. Can't have another multi-man counter with the gun in there, like a full squad. Now, it's an uh, interesting thing here. It states in 8.3 in the Desert Rules, Section F, that a good order infantry squad of any type of nationality or uh which wishes to man a Sangard gun, one beneath a Sangard counter, and we'll probably take our photos with our guns above our Sangard counters, or infantry above our Sangard counters, for ease of your seeing where they're located in the photograph, must deploy, allowed automatically, regardless of leader nationality or requirements, or nationality requirements, while in or adjacent to the Sangard location but only immediately prior to entering, or at least attempting to enter, beneath the Sangar in the same phase. The capacity of a Sangar may not be increased. So I guess if the Russians try and jump in a Sangar, they can deploy. As long as the Sangar has a gun in it. Hmm, what a neat trick. Oh, there are no Russians. If, <laughs> but if you're a Russian and you attempt to uh, jump in a Sangar, you could deploy. So there's a little trick for you. Or any nationality that can't deploy can if they try and enter a Sangar. In this case, these are all Finns, so it won't matter much. But it's a way to deploy without a leader, at least, too, for any nationality. The Sangar is a plus three train effect modifier versus OBA and plus one versus other attacks. Only a crew manning a Sangard in place gun may claim the plus two emplacement train effect modifier in lieu of the plus one Sangar train effect modifier. So, uh, you can still get the plus two in place if you have a gun, even though it's only a plus one Sangar. A final KIA versus a Sangar, its occupants, results in elimination of the Sangar counter. If caused by a DC, none of those in this game, or an overrun, he's got tanks, or by an ordnance OBA attack of uh, 70 or greater high explosives. That would be the Germans could destroy their own Sangars, possibly, so... Although with a plus three, I was thinking, well, you could bring in that OBA on your own Sangard position, as the Russian won't have as good a, I mean, the Finn won't have as good a cover out there with just woods, brush as cover, orchard also. 
Now, Sangar can also be overrun like a full, with a fully tracked vehicle, which is what he has, and it can cause an automatic elimination of the Sangar and any gun in it, provided the armor fighting vehicle was still mobile when the overrun was, res overrun was resolved. All surviving pieces are thereafter left devoid of Sangar benefits. So it crushes the Sangar. A vehicle may enter traverse a hex that does not that does contain a Sangar at no extra movement point costs. A fully tracked vehicle overrunning a Sangar is vulnerable to underbelly hits. Now that one I forgot. As per D four point three exception, the armor fighting vehicle is considered to be in the Sangar's location, but that line of sight for an underbelly hit attempt is drawn to the vertex of the hex side of the armor fighting vehicle is crossing. Huh. Gun rule. This provided 8.52. Provided it does not exceed Sangar stacking capacity, a gun may enter a Sangar during play, but only by being successfully pushed into it from this with into it from the Sangar's location using the plus one training effect modifier and one movement factor, double to two for pushing entry costs. Hence a gun must be pushed out of a Sangar before it can be loaded up, hooked up or on to a vehicle. Any additional multi-man counter wishing to help push it may do so despite not being in the Sangar. Now that's probably not going to come up in this game. I don't even know if I'll put the guns in a Sangar right at the moment. But if the Finn overruns them, maybe put your guns where they can get those underbelly hits on those tanks. Now the Finns win immediately by exiting 35 victory points on or between 37x5 and 35x5, so between these two roads. Again, the only one road is paved. He's going to be really tempted to come down that road. So I think we've covered all the special rules we need to cover. Uh, next step would be probably to look at the uh, Pack 38, the 50L, see what it can kill, what its kill number is. The 50L, the German 50L, is a 13 kill number. Oh, unfortunately, the front armor of all these vehicles is 11, weaker on one of the turrets, but 6s on the sides, better on the 85Ls on the sides than a 6 in a box square, so... Looking for side shots, looking for side and rear shots, or special ammo. Let's check the 50L counter, the Pack 38. And looking on the back of the counter, we have a a uh, APCR APDS special ammo uh, number of four in 44. So it is not a good chance. But remember, to roll for the special ammo gives you an gives you an if you don't get it, you get to roll again to hit. So it's like a free-to-hit shot. If you get lucky and get a four or less, then you have the ammo, and you probably hit the tank. And if you roll snakes, you get a crit. So it's worth trying that stuff. But the if I do get it, it is a 17. The kill number jumps to 17. So now with this gun, little gun is a threat from the front. I'd rather keep them hidden and get side shots, though, with these things. As I said earlier, Dave and I had playtested this before. I remember he did come down that unpaved road taking some checks. I remember getting some bogs on him. Um, I think he got out of the bogs without miring, but it slowed him down a bit. Uh, he also came down this paved road, and I had set up some Sangars out there. The Germans can set up on or between J and T, 
So that's quite a uh, way out there. It's about well over halfway on uh, half of the board. And if I remember correctly, I had put some forward forces out there in Sangars, maybe like to cover the road, probably L6, possibly J4. Uh, yeah, I did. I, and out in uh, K2 or 3. And I did hold him up quite a bit out there because the marsh causes a problem to his movement. Um, I might try something like that again. Uh, so I'm going to do the setup and then uh, let you know what I choose for this game. But of course, I also had my guns back here further. We'll see what I choose this time, and I'll tell you. And I don't remember what I had done with this radio last time. I think I... The meter got killed right away or something. I really don't remember getting it in use at all. Uh, if I did, I might have harassed some infantry or something. So probably you need to look at where do you want to use that radio now. Line of sight is incredibly difficult in this terrain. So where are you going to place that? Um, that spotter. He might... Give it to the 70. Well, I'm, I'm just going to give it to the 70. Now the 80. And let's right now just set it into R5 on board 35. Hmm. He'd be able to cover quite a bit from there. He can be. Oh, he doesn't have any cover, but who's going to get a good shot at him? Yeah, I just really don't know. I don't remember where I put him last time. Uh, maybe I had him over here in, on board 37 in R4. That's a good line of sight down there. If I do that, call in at OBA, he could protect the backsides of my infantry if I put some up there covering that road like I did last time. Huh. He can't move very quickly across. Well, he could. He could move through... S6, S8, S9, and then dodge the marsh there and skirt across to cover board for 35 if the, if the fin puts a lot of guys over there. So maybe I will try setting him up in R4, although his line of sight is blocked off to the right there. He'll be designed to lay OBA into the M9 on board 37 area. And, you know, M6, part of the road there, if the fin gets by. Uh, let's just do that. I'll, I really like P1 for an anti-tank gun, 50L, right there. P1, covered arc toward O3. Nice. Who's going to come up there and overrun him back there? He's surrounded by marsh and a pond on four sides. <laughs> it's a fantastic position. I remember discovering that at the end of the game last time with Dave we talked about it. He'll probably know it's there, but I'm going there anyway. What about the other anti-tank gun? I think last time I didn't cover board 35 well for the exit. He ran his tanks down through the board 35 S2 region coming from the board 37 P9 region or road and skirted through the brush there, I believe, to exit. Now, my, again, my Panzerfaust shots missed, so 
I don't know. Do you just stick an anti-tank gun in there? You could be set up forward. You could go to J6 and stick one facing backward and try and plug any vehicles that come that way. Way up there, maybe. I'm, that's board 37. On board 35, what if you were in JK7 facing covered arc L5 on board 35? That might give you rear shots and side shots, but again, you're sticking your gun way out there. I don't know if you'd cover that with more guys. Give him some protection. Or just hope the tanks lumber down that unpaved road, risking those bog checks. He did it last time. I think he learned a lesson. If He remembers that he learned a lesson from that. Um, I mean, that's a lot of points to risk getting mired in the mud. So I'm going to try... Why not the P9 road? Or how about the P, P10 road? Or P10 hex on 37. Covered our Q9. He would shoot through the orchard and P9, but then have open shots down that road. Uh, but the tank's zipping by there. He's going to have line of sight problems. I'm assuming he's going to turn and try and get around, not go through this big woods in the on the bottom of 37 like he did last time. Now that anti-tank gun can also turn and shoot down the road the other direction, but I don't know. You know, what if you threw it back in? I don't know, anywhere back in this massive orchard on board 35 or grain. Hope you get lucky. Don't like that idea. Of course, you can push these things. They're a quick setup. If you set them up poorly, just to be a threat, make them deal with you. I'm going to go P9. And not risk that extra plus one. No, I just don't like it. I'm going to go Q6, covered arc. Q6, covered arc R4 on board 37. Ah, I'll just do it for now. Deal with the fallout later. Going to take the light machine guns. I always like to put them with 5.48s anyway, and that's all that uh, I can choose from this time. I also deployed a squad. I like to have the two little half squads out there, give you more of a Panzerfaust threat. Um, maybe if I put one in on board 35, R4, and S7, S6, right on the road. Let's just start with that. Taking the squads with the lights, the five four eights, give them some good line of sights. L five, L uh, jumping to board thirty seven, L six, Sangar, five four eight, and a light. His range covers the open ground there. That short range, another Sangar, five four eight, and a light into okay. Three covers the road to the right and to the left. If he tries to cross it, uh, another guy with a light, 548 and a light, machine gun Sangar into back to board 35Q4. 
Or how about M7? Yeah, third board 35 M7, covering that long line of sight. Um, another one in Q5, Sangar, a 548, no, Q4, Q4, line of sight down that road, a 548. Now, do I stick the medium machine gun in there? I don't know. It's a really easy to move medium machine gun. It might be better to stick that in K, back on board 37, 548 in a medium machine gun, and a Sangar in... J4, right on the tip, right on the tip, no, I'm going to switch the light machine gun to J4 and the Sangar and the medium to K3, they kind of support each other, I think that's what I did last time, I think it worked out okay, I have three Sangars left, oh, they can go, why did I put a Sangar in a woods hex? I don't know. Why don't I move this Sangar to K2? Then you can put another squad up there in K3 in the woods on board 37. I have three squads left and three Sangars. Let's drop them in. I'm not going to use the Sangar for the anti-tank guns. On board 35... So where do I want to draw a line of defense? Do I want to put one in L5, a 5-4-8 squad, or J4 up there in the front? Keep, try and keep them honest, keep them out of the open ground out there. Don't give them that first easy free move. Slow them down. Let's try it. He might need some support of somebody else in K5, a 548. And then my last squad in Sangar. Hmm. What about. What about in. K7? What good does he do? Well, anyone coming to get the light machine gun is going to have to pass through him first. Let's just try that for the moment. 9 neg 1 liter. Typically, I'd go with the medium like everyone else, or maybe not everyone else would do that. Uh, I need to be able to rally. So the radio guy is back kind of far. The 9 neg 1 can fall back to rally anyone that breaks on board 37. And that puts the 7-0 into the light machine gun on board 35. In M7. So then I wonder, why not take the two half squads, kick one up to M8 or L7 to back up that light machine gun on that left flank and the other half squad up into J3 or how about the wood, I think this woods area. Do I remember a lot of action in this woods area? Yeah, if you look at this centerboard woods, like 37L9, if you fall back into that, uh, he's 
he's got to go. You're covered by a pond, a marsh, and another pond. I think I have vague memories of something cool happening there, like he had to. I, I something cool was happening there. I remember holding him up in that middle, but I didn't put any sand guards in there to start. I don't think. I think people had just fallen back to cover the center board, which I'm in a position to do fairly well. But let's take the two, three, eight then and set it into J1 on board 35. Kind of say, look, I got Panzerfaust. Don't come burning your tanks around this area. Now, why am I leaving one guy back in Q4 on board 35 by himself? Well, he's covering that lane, open ground lane down there, but couldn't someone fall back to that position? Wouldn't it be better to leave him up front? You know, what if you, I took this full squad out of the Sangar in Q4, put the half squad in the Sangar in Q4, move the full squad up to J1 on board 35, switch those two. Mm, I don't know. Call it a setup, because otherwise I'll sit here forever just thinking about things. So I'm going to call it a setup and see what happens. Okay, speaking from a Finn's perspective, last time I split up my troops between board 35 and 37. Uh, tonight I think I'm going to be a little more risky. Um, the OBA did hit me pretty good on board 37 last time. Um, I'm going to take a chance, depending on where his spotter is at, for... Uh, the radio, the OBA, um, I'm going to try to go up on board 35 with everything. I'm trying to cut off a little bit in the middle from his guys trying to come over to board 35. So if I can kind of block him off, move just about everything over, it's risky. OBA can hit me pretty good. Um, a little worried about it, but uh, that's what I'm going to try. Once I set things up, I'll update this just in a sec. Okay, I lied a little bit. I'm sending two squads up on board 37. I'm going to try to draw his fire a little bit over there, try to keep those guys busy. I'm also setting up two tanks, uh, 276Ls up the road, and sending two other squads pretty much towards the middle of board 37, straight up the middle. Um, I'm going to try to cut off anything that will uh, try to cut over. Uh, the rest is coming up on board 35. Uh, all three tanks... Uh, the rest of the squad. So really only four squads coming up on board 37. Uh, again, it could be a little risky. Don't know where that OBA spotter dude is. I have a feeling it's on board 35, so this could be a big mistake. But hey, this is this is just for fun, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Check in soon. All right, into turn one. Timonen's about three hexes, four hexes in along the... What is that, Dave? C? B? D. D, hex row on board 35 approximately, and board 37, E with a stack, E, e 9, and then two squads coming down this paved road all the way up to G because they can move quicker and double-timed. And then I, the German, shifted a squad from K... Three on board 37. He ended up now in the Sangar in K7 and the concealed stack in K2 
simply ended up in K3, and the stack from R4 is now in P9, and the squad that was in K7 is now in L9, and the squad that was on board 35 in Q4 is now in O seven on board thirty five. Uh, the squad concealed from L seven is now in M eight on board thirty five, and then the squad from K five is in the Sangar in J four, and the squad that was in J four is now in K three, and I think everything else has stayed the same. Well, we're not going to take a picture now because there's not a lot of movement. Uh, Dave probably told you what he's doing. He's trying to come down the middle with a huge group, but he's also got a huge group on the right flank coming down 35. And he's staying to the cover. And he's got a really light force on 37. Thus, I shifted some men to the other flank. And it looks like I'm terribly outnumbered at this point, but we'll see. It is squad leader. Okay, Finn, beginning of turn three. Turn two. Yep. Two. Okay. Um, on board 37, I have in G4, I have my 538 and my light. Uh, H4 is my two half squad, 238. G5, I have a 76L. And in F5, I have my 76L as well. G7, I have a 538. Uh, I-8, I have a 538, a light machine gun, and my 9-0 leader. And moving on to board 35, uh, my heavy, uh, 612, is with a half squad, 248, and E-1. Uh, I have uh, my 85L tank is an F-1 in motion. Um, and G-2, I have a 648 with a light. Uh, 648 and a 248. In G3, I have a 538, uh, 248, a 248, and a 538. Uh, in G4, a 248, a 648, and a 248. And in the muddy road, in G5, I have a 648. Uh, in G6, I have a broken machine gun with a light, or a broken machine gun with a 248, the medium, unfortunately. Um, G7, I have my 8-0 leader, G8, I have a 648, 648 with a light, and a 248. And in H8, I have a 648 with a broken light machine gun, and uh, a 648 and a 9-1 leader, and I have an in-motion tank, my 85L in F6. And then in B2, I have uh, 76L that bogged, unfortunately. Technically, it's L. Oh, right. A3. Yeah, he bogged in A3. And on the German side, um, going from my left to right on board 35, um, I have concealments. Uh, 238 concealment in M8. And a 548 with a light in M7 with the Sangar and that Sangar. Uh, broken 
half squad two three seven he um okay he became um ELR failure and broke when he was trying to route run across the road in N five and a seven oh leader in P six. He routed back to P six. In K five there's a five four eight. He came from J four, empty Sangar in J four, five four eight's in the Sangar in K five. Not in the photo, but uh, K three there's a five four eight concealed, and in K two on board thirty five, a second line, full squad now because he ELR from a thirty shot from Dave's guys over there in the grain or in the brush, and he routed back to K two, um, M two I have a five four eight trying to come to the rescue and my sniper, Dave's sniper is on board thirty seven, in M ten, and my Germans from. L6 went to K7, a squad, a light, and a concealment counter. J6 has the 548. The J4 has the the same guy in it with a light squad. And K3 has the same medium in it with a 9-neg-1 leader. And they're still holding out. So it looks like Dave's putting lots of pressure up that middle. Oh, and back here in... Q4, I have the stack that originated in R4 on the other board. He moved up into Q4 now, concealed and double timed, and that's an 8 0. And he's um, concealed. So, we commentary, Dave? Anything? Um, right now, I'm trying to keep the left flank, at least for me, on board 37. Um, you know, trying to keep him busy over here. Uh, he's, he did run over some squads over to board 35. Uh, I do have a lot coming up here. But unfortunately, I don't know where his OBA dude is. Um, so that is still worrying me a little bit. But um, don't want to feel too overly confident yet. Because I have a long way to go. And I'm thinking a better defensive setup would have been to stay solidified back around hex row T maybe hex row V, probably S and T, where the Finn is, or the German's not so spread and out. Dave's uh, 76L and F5 in the road uh, has acquired the me German medium machine gun group, and his other 76L and G5 has acquired with an egg 2 the light machine gun uh, German group in J4. We'll play into turn three and four. All right, the end of turn five. Dave, what's your verdict? Uh, it's not looking good. Do not you, at all. Do you wish to continue? I do not. Um, it's pretty grim. I think I'm hanging it up, even though it's so one, one may argue that I, it's still possible, but I'm a little demoralized, and that OBA was pretty powerful, unfortunately. Yes, it was. And in addition to that, you made a great push up your right flank and jumped into board 35M7 and engaged in close combat and then lost a 9-neg-1 and a squad to my snake eyes. Horrible. Um, we added up the points. It seems like Dave might have, what do we say, 50 at most. Right. Has to exit 35. We actually don't have 50 because... These guys aren't getting off. These guys aren't getting off. We can count. He's, he's got some squads back here in row G and H. 
that are not going to exit, and that's actually six points. So lower that 50 down to about 42-ish. Right. So it looks it does look real challenging. We'll read off our um, dispositions of the troops to you. Okay. And here goes Dave. Okay, on board 37, in I-3, I have a 238. In H-4, I have a 538 uh, with a light. And the crew that survived the Panzerfaust in G-5, unfortunately the tank did not survive. Right, I had had a, had a squad in I-6 that had Panzerfaust him. Okay, and then F5, um, I still have my 76L sitting there. Did not do as much damage as it should have the whole game, unfortunately. Those two tanks, uh, his flank here in J4 and K9, or K3, did a pretty good job of holding me off. Um, the Which, yeah, you couldn't just, you didn't want to take them in and overrun these positions. We'll talk as we go across. You didn't want to just overrun these positions. Uh, in the Sangars and K3 and such, such because of the Panzerfaust threat, right? Correct. Okay. And then he's holding the road good, so I can't just run down the road because he can Panzerfaust me right there. So pretty good setup over here, I'd say. Then? Okay, now going to G9, I still have a broken 538. And um, I did have a broken squad here, 538 with a light that came back, but... Uh, Unfortunately, it may not be. It's not enough, unfortunately. Um, the heavy machine gun I did abandon in G2 on board 35. So we'll move on to there. Um, I have a 648. L0. Uh, right, L0. Okay. Um, and I have a CX248 and K2. Uh, K4 had a 238. Um couple broken squads up here in N0, uh, 538 with a, with a light machine gun, a 248, all broken in N0, and in N2, uh, a CX248 and a 538. Um, fortunately, this is where the OBA was, so in this flower surrounding M3, right? OBA. And in right in smack in the middle of the OBA, I have a disrupted 538. So he's probably pretty much gone. Uh, N4, I have a uh, CX648. CX um, one of my tanks I still have in motion here in M5, as well as a CX648. Um, an 8-0 liter in M6. Uh, my sniper was eliminated in M7. Uh, he got hit two times, so his ELR or his uh, kill went from three to two to one. Um, in N8, I have a 648, good order. Uh, M9, good order, 248, 648 with a light. And in M10, in the woods there, I have a broken 648. Um, I did abandon my medium in I6. Broken too. Right, it was broken. And H3, I have a 238 and a 248. And they won't get off the board. They will not get off. And then um, early on in the game, the immobilized uh, tank 76L. Still there. Not any good to me. And for the German dispositions, my left to right, board 35, 
I have a 237 half squad in P7. I abandoned the Sangar. I have an N6, a 548, and a light machine gun. The Germans back here in Q5 have the 80 liter with a radio still concealed and um, a 548 squad that had routed out of like the woods around M3 ish and then to 04 and then into the Q5. And another squad, 548, made it back from that same area in the middle of the board to Q3. 548 and. In S7, I have a 70 liter, a broken 548, and a 238 half squad elite in that S7. They came from the hut area at P6. I have a broken in on board 37, 447, he ELR'd in N7. He couldn't get into the woods, but he routed that direction. And then L5, the Sangar has a 5, L6, thank you. Sangar's back in there with a 548. The other 548 in the light is in K7 Sangar. They had moved forward, driven Dave out of the woods in I7, J7, and drove him back and then killed the tank and then returned to their position. So that was really fortuitous. In K4, I have the 548 with the light. Acquired from Dave's tank, remaining tank, he was advanced out to go get this machine gun in K3, an abandoned medium machine gun by itself in K3 Sangar, because that squad uh, was halved, and then the half squad went berserk and then crossed the street J2 and was KIA'd by Dave's half squad in I3. The leader was wounded and routed out, and he's an M4 waiting to rally a broken state also. So, Dave is thinking, I guess what, I'm going to, if I fall back. Correct. Yep, you fall back. Um, you don't really need to hold me, even if I try to run up. Um, you just need to keep falling back. I, there's no way I can run these guys off with the amount of terms I have left. Um, it's looking pretty grim, unfortunately. Yeah, especially maybe board 37, right? Board 37, even if I can run my one tank off. Those other guys, it's going to be really tough for them to make it. And yeah. and keep in mind, we didn't even come upon the anti-tank um, guys, which I don't know where they're at. Well, one is in my favorite position, P1. Okay. Covered by the Board water. 37. Okay. Well, yeah, water. So you can't overrun them or run your infantry into them. Correct. And he covers the road, the P road. Although, he's, you know, limited once you get past the woods and... K, what is this Q4? Q4? You can't see anything, but you might get some shots off through the grain or brush in 04ish area. And the other was P1 03 facing 03. He's covering the back road this time. Yep, that open so, open road. So board so 35. Yeah. So if you moved your tank to try and overrun, Dave was thinking of just overrunning this leader with the radio with his remaining tank you'd have to take some Panzerfaust shots and then of course the AT gun in the side as it went across yeah. he is demoralized you can tell from the tone in his voice ladies <laughs> and gentlemen can't win them all can't win them all but it was a good game I had a lot of fun um, I do encourage if you play the Finns or should we not give any advice here yes we should okay so 
the last time I did split up the fins a little bit more, and I was successful in that game, um, I tried to take a lot of my infantry on board 35 to try to overrun them. Um, he did run his radio over there, so th there's a lot of open space here. It might not have been the best move. I did question it a little bit at the start. If I were to do it again, I think I would spread out the fins much more all over the board, I'm thinking. But well, now I don't they're kind of spread out all over the board. Yeah, but at that, that OBA, once it sees something, it destroys a lot. And well, you know, I should have spread out more oh, to avoid the, yeah. a lot of the OBA. OBA. So I think that's your best defense is you got to get that radio. Don't, and don't stack at all. And yeah, just, I mean, spread out as much as you can. But you also need a fist punch to punch through somewhere. I guess once you know the where the radio is, maybe you can hit the other side heavy in a group with fire groups and all that and punch through over there. I don't know. But then you got those AT guns you got to worry about too. So it's a lot yeah. to think about in this one. It's a, it's a good scenario though. I do enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Much better the first time. Yes, which was a real tight game on the end game with the, getting the tanks off through, uh, as I mentioned earlier. So, yeah, and for the German, I, I thought that forward defense was going to break. Well, it did break, and it, but it fell back. It didn't get annihilated. Dave wasn't able to get around, partly due to those Panzerfaust threat with his, any kind of vehicles to surround them. Or, um, Well, it did look overwhelming for the Germans, um, but I think... Some of the moves that you made to get that radio up sooner, the OVA did a lot of damage. It started to take a toll on the fins. And, well, as you can tell, you can see what happened. Yep. All right, well, shall we sign off then, Dave? Yes, very well. Or do we want to talk about playtesting in general? We've just been playing a whole lot of HP games. and I can't wait for the, the true scenario game pack to come out. Yes, which should be out by the time we air this episode, I guess. We'll I... Hold <laughs> off on this. And air it when it comes out, see if the scenario is there and if it's the same. And so. see, yeah, and I'd be interested to know what changes out of this, too. Yeah. So when it comes out, we'll play this one. All right. Well, we want to sign off saying uh, thanks for listening and roll low and, and rally, rally well, well, but not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you're all spread out all over the place looking at these things. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.